of losing money in the stock market roller coaster? Frustrated with the government taxing you into oblivion? Worried about inflation? How do you prepare for so many financial uncertainties? Welcome to the show that will help you develop your game plan. The Financial Quarterback with Josh Jelinski. Josh is a noted financial advisor and president of the Jelinski Advisory Group. And he's here to answer your questions. Call into the show at 800-321-0710. 800-321-0710. Now let's kick off your financial future. Here's Josh Jelinski. America. You are listening to the Financial Quarterback Radio Show with Josh Jelinski. This is Ernesto Caleri, his loyal sidekick. This morning, we have an amazing guest. He is an economist and a best-selling author. His name is Harry Dent, and his book is What to Do When the Bubble Pops, Personal and Business Strategies for the Coming Economic Winter. Harry, good morning. Oh, nice to be here. I'm glad to have you this morning. Josh is running a little late. You know, when you have six kids, I don't know how he does it. He and his I wife, they're both saints. Um, they're making America great again. So, um, Harry, give us a little background on yourself, and please give an introduction to your book. This, this sounds like an amazing book that America needs to read. Yeah, I, actually on Amazon, my current book um, is Zero Hour. That's the best book to get, uh, you know, the other things are my audio tapes and stuff. And, and basically, I'm a, a non-economist, okay? <laughs> I, I did not, uh, I, I started out, I, I graduated from Harvard Business School and worked for Bain & Company, consulting the Fortune 100 companies for a couple of years, and kind of got bored with big companies and started doing the same type of strategic consulting to new ventures and, and, and small growth companies in California. So I moved to California I, I started managing companies and consulting to companies, and, and that's when I learned economics in, in the real world. So I've taken everything in business but economics, all the marketing, management, accounting, finance, and, and the required economics courses. But the courses I was least interested in in college and school was economics because it's like worthless stuff. It doesn't relate to the real world and real stuff. So am I consulting to my clients, which increasingly became small growth companies, in other words, the new economy emerging back in the 80s, I had to have tools to help them see the future and changes in the economy. And, and over that, over about several years, I developed my own economic indicators, which are totally different from what economists learn in, in economics. Uh, we look at people. People do predictable things as they age, like spend the most money at age 46 or 47 today, save the most money at 63 to 64 just as they go into retirement, and then everything in between, apartments up to life insurance. I mean, there's, not, there's 600 categories I can pull out of it. The U.S. economic surveys done every year and tell you exactly when people spend money on different things and all this sort of stuff. And I also look at the other important side of the economy, among many, but the technologies change how we work and live. And technology, generations come with these spending cycles about every 40 years. New technologies like automobiles and electricity or computers and the Internet and that sort of stuff come about every 45 years. So I can take these cycles and show people any country in the world, uh, any consumer sector and any country or economy, when there's going to be booms and busts and favorable trends and unfavorable trends over the rest of the lifetime. I can tell we're about to see 
the greatest economic downturn of our lifetime, something the government's been putting off with massive, massive, crazy massive stimulus for years now. We're about to see the worst we're going to see in our lifetime, something I've been warning about for years. But I can tell your kids and grandkids when they'll see the greatest booms or a crisis like this when they grow up decades from now, because people are that predictable and technologies are that predictable. There's a lot of things that aren't. Economists focus on all the political stuff, which actually is harder to predict. Who's going to be president four years from now? What they're going to do? Blah, 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 blah. The long-term trends are, are far more predictable than people have been led to believe. And that's what I've spent my life studying. And, and I just find more things every day that are predictable. And, and we are due for, we've been, we've been in a slowdown economically since late 2007, something I predicted back in the early to mid 80s when I came up with my first economic tools, these spending wave cycles of generation. And that's why we've been living off of endless quantitative easing, printing money and stimulus to offset this slowdown instead of taking our medicine and, and restructuring debt and doing all the things you should do to get productive and stronger. We're getting weaker by paving everything over with free money and, and causing the greatest speculative bubbles in real estate and stocks ever. And, and Ernesto, it's, it's real quick, real easy. Bubbles only do one thing in history, and I've become an expert in bubbles in the last 10 to 15 years because we're in the greatest bubble period in history. Bubbles burst and they never have a soft landing. There are no soft landings, the bubbles. And this bubble is the most global. It is everything. It's been commodities. It's even in gold today. Uh, it's in real estate everywhere. It's in stocks the most. And you know the biggest bubble right now is? Just guess. Bitcoin. Bitcoin is the beginning of something big, like the dot-com stocks in the late 90s. But it is in a bubble that is going to burst 90 to 95% probably in the next few years. And stocks are going to see a, a bigger crash than anybody's warning. And this, if you look at my indicators and you look at history, this is not a guess. This is inevitable. You've heard it here first. This is Josh Jelinski, the financial quarterback, warning us that Bitcoin bubble may pop. Um, what about those who say, you know, Bitcoin's going to hit 100,000? Uh, before okay, you know, that could happen. That could happen first. I, I've been predicting that, that Bitcoin would see another strong surge in 2021. Now I'm questioning whether it just was over at 62,000 or whether it is going to go up to something like 100,000 or higher. I, I can tell you one thing with a high level of confidence. Bitcoin will not. The bit, present Bitcoin bubble, you know, which has taken it up three to four times in just months will not last past the end of this year. And I think it probably has now peaked and it's a leading sign because Bitcoin, like the dot-com bubble, remember, do people remember when AOL, which was a substantial company, but still small compared to the no, AOL, internet company, I mean, in a lot of 400 ways, times earnings that's in, a great, in March of 2000? That's a great parallel. Could Bitcoin and, and be by the, the way, AOL Amazon, the leading internet company today, went up to 136 in that bubble and crashed to $6, even though it was the leading internet company then and is the leading internet company retailer today. It crashed that much. This is what happens in my 45-year new technology cycle at this stage, an early stage emergence of Bitcoin and crypto 
and, and blockchain technologies, which are in their infant stage. They're one to two years old, Josh, okay? That's where the dot-coms were in 1999, 2000, when they bubbled up, burst 95%, including Amazon, and then had the greatest boom in history to follow in technology stocks. So I see Bitcoin and blockchain like the internet stocks on a 20-year lag, and they're about to head for a crash. Bitcoin is probably going to go back to three to 4,000, and then I would load up on it. And then I'd buy companies like Rhino, real real estate applications, and Ripple and things that have real blockchain applications in the financial world. People need to understand. People do not understand Bitcoin and blockchain. What it is is the, it's, it's the internet for financial assets and money. It's the digitization of all financial assets, and that's where the value is. Bitcoin has no value today, except that it might become a gold-like standard for that digital money system, but it is nowhere near that now. And anybody thinks that Bitcoin is a safe haven when this bubble crashes is going to get a rude awakening. It will be the biggest crash of all of them, 95% I'm predicting. Wow. So you've heard it here first. Harry Dent and then you going, buy it. <laughs> going out on a limb. So it's not that you think the blockchain technology isn't here to stay. You just think Bitcoin's in a bubble. Yeah, it, it's the next big thing. It, it would be the number one sector, including nursing homes and aging sectors for baby boomers and, and, and a lot of things like that. And, and globally, India and Southeast Asia are going to be the next big Asia boom. No longer. China will never leave growth again. And, and neither will Japan or South Korea. East Asia is done. China mostly, the rest of East Asia done. So India, Southeast Asia will be the place to be. Aging sectors of why our is that? will grow. Why, why is that? Because of the forced abortion policy of the Chinese? So that's not where the population growth is? Because I know you're big on demographics. Yes. Yes, demographics is the most predictable thing in our economy, and economists don't even have a course in demographics, nevertheless know it from you know what, okay? Yeah, so I should get the stimulus. People, having, huh? having six kids, Harry, I should get yeah. the stimulus. You should get the stimulus. But You're I get the, no this stimulus. Is what causes our economy to grow? Children. We have not been having kids. We peaked in having kids in 19. And that's why the, the, there's the utter stupidity. More than and anybody. And by the way, that's why. Bill Gates and those who push uh, population control are stupid. <laughs> it's just uh, well, you know, it, it can make sense in, in poor countries and stuff, and 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 it can make sense for for uh, people in disadvantage. But no, it doesn't. No, that's right. If you do not, first of all, you have to have two point one kids on average per household just to replace the last generation with the next generation, and your economy be at the same level. It's only above that that you actually grow. We never had that problem until after 1961 when, when births peaked forever in this country. Mm. And they came back near those levels in 2007, 1990 and 2007 with the millennials and zillennials. But we've never, the next generation will never require us to have more houses and more infrastructures and a bigger economy because we didn't have kids in countries. What happens historically, and this is also predictable, I can predict when third world countries will reach the same thing, as we urbanize and get wealthier in GDP per capita, we have less kids. We want to have fewer kids and send them all to Harvard. 
That's what every that's what everybody's dream is. Have one or two kids instead of six like you and get them all into Harvard. And that's what people do. And when you start having one to two kids per family instead of three, four, five, and six like you, and in the path of the baby boom, economies slow on a predictable. So we need another baby boom. <laughs> instead of make America great again, make America boom again, right? That. Well, 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 we do. But, you know, I'm telling you, Josh, that's unrealistic. We are already so wealthy, and so is Japan, no, and no, East I, Asia, yeah, and Europe. We're lucky if we have 2.1. The only reason we have 2.1. Better immigrants. That's, that's the realistic way, a mature country, and we do a very good job of that. And so does Australia, New Zealand, and, and, some, and, and, the, and some European countries. You attract the best immigrants in the world who want a better life from third world countries. And that's, mm. I'm telling you, trying to get people to have three or four kids, Josh, I don't know. You could give them $10,000 for every kid and they still wouldn't have them because it costs $300,000 to raise those. So that's a million eight bill yeah. for you. It's probably a lot more than 300,000 when, when you- when Well, you, that, that's average. Yeah, when that's you average, up. And that's not counting college. Yeah, this is, uh, this is a fun discussion with Harry Dent. We're going to ask him up next, when does he see the market at its zenith? He's a cycles guy. We've had Stan Harley on who says, you know, maybe uh, 12 months from now, uh, the, the cycle was protracted. Uh, I think Harry's a little more bearish than Stan. So he is the author of Zero Hour. Is that the still, is that your latest book, Harry? Yes. Zero, Zero Hour, hour is, which will give away. latest book, yeah which we'll give away to those of you who schedule and keep your no obligation review up next. This is Josh Jelinski, the financial quarterback and call us at 888-988-JOSH for your free review. 888-988-JOSH for the 27 point ultimate financial game plan. And we will throw in one of Harry's books for free when you schedule and keep your no obligation review. We'll be back with your questions. If you have a question for Harry Dent, bestselling author, call us now 800 800- 321-0710, 800-321-0710. We'll be back after these messages. It's always on your mind. Retirement, whether you're 55 or 35. Not everyone wants to work forever, and most would like a comfortable retirement. You may already have a plan, but is it the right one? Josh Jelinski, host of the popular Financial Quarterback radio program, is ready to guide you towards financial freedom. He challenges the ways your parents and grandparents saved money with fresh strategies, which are exactly what you need to navigate today's volatile economic climate. Josh's new book, Retirement Reality Check, is available to order on Amazon. It's an easy read that guides you through his system for securing your financial freedom, including tax-saving strategies, understanding the right investment mix, and more. Order now. Retirement Reality Check. Call Josh at 888-988-JOSH. Let Josh help you map out your retirement using fresh strategies. Call 888-988-5674. That's 888-988-5674. Hey, meet you out on the first tee? Yeah, I'll be right there, just reading this article. On what? New bill Congress passed. Looks like it's going to affect the value of all retirement savings plans. My financial guy didn't tell me about this when I saw him the other day. Well, my guy did, and we made a plan. 
You may have heard of him, Josh Jelinski. Josh Jelinski is your guy? Listen, if you're 10 years or less from retirement, which I am, Josh will give you a free economic plan, which includes retirement planning, a 27-point checklist to make sure your income lasts as long as you live. He'll even help you navigate the current tax code. I'm definitely going to call Josh. Cool, but first, can we play some golf? Call Josh Jelinski, host of the popular Financial Quarterback Radio Program, for your free economic plan. 888-988-JOSH. 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 Hey, we're back. This is Josh Jelinski with Harry Dent, best-selling author. So, Harry, um, you think we're in a bubble? I mean, we all know we're in a bubble. It's just a question of when it'll pop. You don't think we're in a bubble, you're blind. But most people don't think we're in a bubble, by the way, Josh. And most economic experts don't think we're in a bubble yet. Yeah. I mean, the, the thing the thing is, are we at 98, 99 or 2000? This bubble resembles, I mean, in, in some ways, this is the mother of all bubbles. You have a government debt bubble, a Bitcoin yep. bubble, a real estate bubble now with COVID, a stock market bubble. And in some, I fear the mother of all bear markets is coming, but when? I mean, it's a fool's errand to exactly time perfectly, but do you think it's 12 months? Do you think it's 18 months? Do you think it's... Uh, no, I, I do not. I do not. I love Stan. I do not agree with Stan on this. I do not think it's that far out. It could be with this much stimulus. This peak would have naturally and should have naturally come, particularly on the 90-year and 45-year technology cycles, which are what correlate with bubbles. The demographic cycle doesn't correlate cause bubbles like the technology cycles do at certain stages like now. This bubble should have peaked in late 2019, early 2020. So when the COVID crisis hit, we first went down, that should have been it. Now we all know what happened. They've been stimulating and you gotta ask yourself, how weak can an economy be to have nonstop escalating stimulus for 12 years now and still only grow at 1.65% on average and 2% at best? What happened was COVID took us down hard. That was an external factor in an already weak economy. But they put in, now listen to this. Now we're up fiscal stimulus since COVID, 5.1 trillion with a new 1.9 trillion plan on top of 3.8 trillion in monetary stimulus on top of trillions before that, but just in the last year. So up to $9 trillion in stimulus, 44% of GDP, just to get us out of this COVID hole. And we're still only growing so fast. And I don't think this growth is going to last. I think people have refinanced their home three or four times now, traded over to a better home two or three times, bought the best car they're ever going to dream of, got all their kids in college if they can. And I just don't think, I think they've been overstimulated so long that we don't have as strong a recovery as people think. And I've got a very simple chart, and it's the best pattern in, in, that you can find in chart patterns. It's called a megaphone pattern. And ever since the 2000, late 2017, early 2018 top in Bitcoin at first and in stocks, first big bubble top, we've been making higher highs and lower lows because We've got momentum and bubbles and stimulus in the past, but we do have weakening demographics, rising debt and financial assets all weighing on this. And so every stock crash takes us to a lower low. And that's been happening since 2018. 
The next stock crash projected by this model, and it looks ripe to happen, start any day now, it would take us to 2,100 on the S&P 500. That would be 48% lower than recent highs, 48%. Now, if we have that sort of stock crash, and, I, and that's what I'm looking at in the next two to three months, okay, and starting probably by late April would be my best estimate. I think this has a little ways to go up yet, but not a lot. If you get that sort of stock crash and we go into another recession after $9.1 trillion of stimulus, people are going to finally wake up and say, oh, something's wrong here. This economy's dead. We've pulled out the defibrillators time and time again. You watch the, the emergency room and hospital shows, right? You get people in, they do the defibrillators five or six times, and then they pronounce them dead. This economy is dead. I am telling you this. It, 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 it is just common sense to realize that if it takes $40 trillion in global stimulus and 9.1 just in the U.S. in the last year to keep this dead economy barely alive, then it's dead. And you better get out of the way. You better get out of stocks and real estate because when this next bubble crash happens, it's mm -hmm. going to be the fastest yet. And real estate's going to join stocks this time. So you bet, And real estate's a lot harder to get out of than stocks. You better be selling real estate as fast as you can that you don't need. And I'd be getting out of stocks. My target's about 4,100 on the S&P 500, maybe 5% higher than here, and by the end of April, if not sooner. Yeah, I, I do see that we're due for some correction late April, early May, and with some of the cycles work pointing. I, I don't, I'm just a... I believe we're in the mother of all bu bubbles and we'll probably have the mother of all bear markets within the next couple of years. People don't realize what's coming. I think we do not know the extent of the funny money though. We, we had no clue. I mean, I thought the mother of all bears was happening last year. A lot of people did. And then oh, all of a too. sudden, then a all of a sudden, and you probably know this, what did the Fed do? The Fed did something brilliant, by the way. They usually don't do anything brilliant. But they did something brilliant here. They lent money to the corporate bond market. Bond ETFs were going, they were going to lose 80, 90%. They could not have any liquidity. And then they gave emergency funding powers. This was probably the least reported story. I mean, Wall Street Journal did like one expose on it. Uh, what research did you do on that? That, that? that was a pretty scary thing that happened that nobody really understood what was going on. It was a scary thing, and that happened before COVID. That was the first jolt in money. They had been tapering policy. You know, the Fed's always, and central banks keep telling us and economists, oh, we just had a crisis in 2008. We just got to get over this. We'll be back to normal. My indicators have said from the beginning, the economy demographically and debt and all this stuff only gets worse, and the pressures only get worse. We don't get over this crisis unless we do in every crisis. You cut back debt. You let zombie companies go under, and you don't keep a dead economy and dead companies going, which is what we're doing. We're just wrapping up debt and monetary stimulus to do that. So that was the first sign when I said in my newsletter, we're in trouble. The Fed says everything's okay. We can taper. And as soon as they taper a little bit, they had to print $700 billion, what you're talking about, just to save the banks and bond markets. From, from collapsing because they can't live without this stimulus. Everybody's on life support. We're in the emergency room, folks. We've been in it since late 2008 for over 12 years now. 
The only question is, is how long can you live off of artificial life support and stimulus that is not real and only pumps up financial assets until we've started to get fiscal stimulus? And now that's causing some inflation, which causes problems for bonds and stocks. At some point, this thing breaks. I can tell you one thing with 199% certainty, Josh, a bubble like this only ends one way with a big bubble crash. There is no other precedent in history. Once a bubble, I don't care what China's trying to taper their bubble now. I don't care what you do now. When this bubble finally bursts, it's going to be nasty. All I'm telling you, there's nowhere to hide. Bonds, except for high-quality treasury bonds, all go down because of credit risk. Stocks collapse the most. Real estate goes down with a lot of debt against it, which makes it the most dangerous, even though it, doesn't, it may be go down 40%, 50%, while stocks go down 80 90 and Bitcoin goes down 90 to 95 okay? But everything goes down. You have to get out of the way. You cannot listen yeah. to the typical economist that says, which is the right advice 90% of the time, oh, just sit through the correction and rebalance your portfolio. Not this time. This is a reset of the entire boom since, since 1983 with the baby boom and the greatest bubble in history. And there is only one way it ends in my cycles. And Stan would agree with me on this cycle. Late 2022 is a major low of our lifetimes. I've been saying since the 1980s that the stock market would probably be at the lowest point in our lifetime at the end of 2022, and now that we've pushed this off another year, it might be 2023. But I'm telling you, this reckoning is very likely to come in the next two years. You, you cannot steer through it. you got to get out of the way, give up some gains for a few years, and even if the stocks go up another 5 or 10%, get out. And when this crash happens, the world's going to be your oyster. You can be like Joseph Kennedy. He got out in 29 when the shoeshine boys were giving him advice. And he said, oh, he wasn't an expert on the markets either back then, but he was a rich bootlegger, and he was a damn near criminal, by the way. He used that crash, getting out and getting back in and buying businesses and stocks 80 90% off. He went transitioned from being a multimillionaire to a billionaire and political dynasty by playing that crash, by simply getting out of the way and reinvesting systematically after the reset happened. What about- Then you can get back into asset allocation and stuff. Okay, so man, it's already 30 minutes. It's been a fast, fast hour. Lightning fast. Harry's had a little too much espresso this morning, but that's, that's great for, it's a lot of fun. So I'm gonna act, uh, ask Harry the question everybody always asks him. Um, you're always negative. You're not always no, negative. If that people, is wrong. If people Josh, really, you're wrong. No, no, no. no. I, I know, I know, I know, I know. The I, first two thirds of my no, career, I know I'm that. not you, negative. You, are, you say that, you don't understand nothing yeah, about me. Yeah, nothing. no. Uh, no, I'm aware of that. But that is the knock. No, you're not aware. Now. You wouldn't have said that if you were aware of that. No, but How that's. How could you not the, be negative after the, the greatest critique. bubble in history? So let's, we'll talk about that. We'll talk about that up next. This is Josh Jelinski, the financial quarterback. Don't touch that dial. 
Are you worried about the recent coronavirus crisis and how it may have affected your money? Hi, everybody. I'm Josh Jelinski, the financial quarterback, inviting you to join me for my complimentary six ways to keep calm during turbulent markets webinar. If you schedule and keep your no obligation webinar today at 888-988-JOSH, it's a great thing to do. If you're stuck at home under stay at home orders, call us right now, 888-988-JOSH. If you're bored, there's never been a better time to get a second opinion on your wealth than right now. 888-988-JOSH, 888-988-5674. And go to my website, retirementrealitycheck.com today and take your free investment profile quiz. And when you buy my book, you're eligible for three free gifts. 888-988-JOSH. Call Josh Jelinski, host of the popular Financial Quarterback Radio Program, 888-988-JOSH. We're back and Harry wants to challenge the naysayers who say he's always negative. Harry, I've followed you since I heard you, I don't know, in the 2000s when you were overly positive early in the yeah. 90s with the uh You know when people thought boom. I was the craziest? When I said in the early 90s at the bottom of that recession that the Dow would be 10,000 by 2,000 and people thought I was certifiably crazy. <laughs> I underestimated it. It went to 12,000 something by then. So what do you say to those who think you're always negative? I mean, I know you were positive in the 90s. What, your first book, wasn't it like the, it was like the boom, the great boom or the something? The great boom ahead. Yeah. So you're not always in negative. In late 1992, I had a book before that in yeah. 1989 that was extremely bullish. So the greatest boom in history is coming, especially in the U.S. and Europe. Oh, and guess what, folks? Japan's not going to be there for it because their baby boom's already peaking in the late 80s. I was the only person I know in the world that saw Japan collapsing. And people back then, the reason they thought I was crazy for being bullish on the U.S., because they were so bullish on Japan and thought Japan was going to overtake our economy. Because they don't. What I say to these people, Josh, they don't understand the economy. They're not looking at the indicators that actually drive the economy. If you did, you would have known Japan was over back then, and the U.S. and Europe were just getting ready to see the greatest boom in history. It was already in the cards. It was a piece of cake. A 10-year-old could have figured it out if you were looking at the right indicators. Economists are not taught, nor do they look at the indicators that matter. And at the top of a boom or bubble, when everything looks perfect, like 1989 in Japan, 1929 in the U.S., or 2000, early 2000 in the tech bubble back then, the economy looks perfect. You're never going to have a reason to say there's going to be a downturn or crash. You have to be looking under the hood at the actual demographic and technology cycles that actually drive economic growth and actually peak at times and cause declines. It's that simple. It's not complicated. Economists just don't know what they're doing. That's what I say to them. You don't know what you're doing. If you think I've been negative all my career, then you haven't looked at me in the past. You're just pissed that I'm bearish when you're bullish. And you were pissed when I was bullish when you were bearish in the early 90s. So what's wrong with you is what I say. That's great. That's, you're always a live wire, Harry, and a lot of fun. So as it relates to the economy being sick, the economy is truly sick when you have no buyers. I, I think the biggest indicator of the sickness of the economy was March of last year when the Fed had to bail out bond ETFs. People do not realize that our mutual funds, our index funds, our ETFs are in a bubble. 
I want to talk about that, the index fund bubble. A lot of people don't really understand. They, they're just told, I mean, I was on a, a group of uh, New York Times bestselling authors. We were with Dr. Klontz, Brad Klontz, who's a big uh, TikTok star. We're with, uh, I was talking to a group of people, uh, Bobby Rebell, bestselling author. And it, it's almost like these personal finance writers, and they're great people, um, they just think index funds always go up. So that's what they tell people. Buy index funds. You'll be, you'll be fine. Leave it alone for 40 years. So what do you say to that? Well, that's fine if, if you're in the early stage of a cycle. The truth is, and this is what my demographic cycle has shown, and it's shown all the way back to the mid-'80s when I first came up with them. Economic booms generally last about 26, 25 to 26 years up and, and, and four, 13 to 15 years down, okay? 1983 to 2007, then 2008 to 2022, 23. It's before that, 42 to 68, the Bob Hope generation, and then the economy weakened from 69, and that's when stocks peaked, adjusted inflation, late 68, and the economy didn't bottom till late 82, 26 years up, 14 years down. That's the truth. It depends on when you're investing in the cycle. If you're in the early stage of the cycle, you can buy and hold stocks for decades. If you're in the late stage of the cycle and somebody says, that's okay, in 40 years it'll work out. Well, I can tell you today, after this peak and in past peaks, it takes 23 to 25 years just to get back to even if you invest in the late stage in the cycle and decide to hold for 40 years. So you'll have 25 years down 15 years up, and then you'll just get back to even, and you'll be long dead by then if you're near retirement. So that's not a good strategy to just say, well, in the long term, stocks generally go up, so I'll just buy and hold. You know, you have to know where you are in the cycle, and it's not complicated. Generations tell you where you are in the cycle. Now, what about, um, I, I remember we had you on last time, although this is the type of intensity, Harry, that I wanted you and Stan at the next debate we got to have the Stan Harley, Harry Dent debate. I want you guys to go at it and fight. But I think you guys agree more than you disagree. Oh, yeah. We agree way and more. You're than very you disagree. similar. We're only disagreeing about short term time. Yeah. He's a short term cycle guy. Yeah. He, you're more of a, the long term demographic cycles. Yeah. And what, what happens is I think the Fed knows we're in a bubble and they're trying oh, to have the soft landing and. Next, here's what I'm worried about. We start going down this summer. Let's say we go down 15%, 20%. And then they come out with helicopter money. And then that saves us from the big crash for another year or two. I'm so worried about this. Like There, there are now economists that say, you just make up money. <laughs> you just add a zero. Well, well, There's a solution to everything. Janet Yellen, all the Fed chairmen. Oh, we'll just print more money. Like, it's genius. Oh, these people are geniuses, and they're saving our economy. They're making a bubble and a debt crisis worse, and it will be worse because of this, and they don't know crap about anything. I would say that to anybody. Janet Yellen doesn't know crap about economics, and do you think she's ever had sex or run a business just for one thought? Well, why are people listening to these people? Oh, they do. We have a crisis. They just wave a magic wand, print money, and expect it to go away. What? That's... Why would anybody listen to these people? And you know what people do? Because it works short term. I can guarantee you one way to feel better, Josh. I don't care how miserable you are right now. You go shoot a bag of heroin, and you'll feel like 
heaven for the next several hours, and then you'll come down with a big crash. This is what we're doing in the economy. We're not facilitating the transition from a booming economy to the next boom in the old technologies to the new by restructuring and incentivizing new companies and investing in new companies. We're just printing over and keeping the old sick economy that's already dead and not letting it die and get out of the way. It's bad policy, and it shows a complete, listen to what I'm saying, a complete 100% misunderstanding of the actual play of opposite, boom and bust, inflation and deflation. We don't have innovation without that play of opposites. And economists want to have a machine economy that grows at 3% with 2% inflation forever and no recessions, which means they understand nothing about no, Exactly. And also, and yeah, I want to be clear here, we do not listen to them ever again. Yeah, They're I want to be clear clear here uh we do not want to encourage the use of drugs in in any way on the financial quarterback radio program uh, i am sure you were speaking hyperbole uh hyperbolically of I am, Josh. you think i'm an idiot you think i recommend heroin it's a perfect example though you can instantly feel good by doing the wrong thing by doing something that's proven to make you unhealthy I'm it's, saying it's like a sugar the high. Financial banks are like drug pushers in our economy. They're using this financial drugs to keep our economy going in the wrong direction. And but that's my point, though. Can't they, it needs but to. that's my point. Can't they do that longer than we can They've even They've already done envision. it for 12 years. Of course they can do it longer. But note, how much did they do when I add up? That's why I started with the numbers. Since in the last year, since that repo crisis, um, they have printed almost $4 trillion and 5.1 in fiscal stimulus they've introduced. That is an exponential move. We might have averaged a trillion dollars a year before that. Now, in one year, they print 10 times as much stimulus. That's what it's taking. That's when you know you're near the end of a bubble, when it's that exponential, when it takes that much. I also, don't know the day if you peak either. Really, this bubble is the extension of the 08 bubble yet to burst. You, 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 you alluded to that earlier. Yeah, the first never, stimulus in 08 was $900 billion. the economy after that bubble burst. And so all we have is a bigger bubble to cover over the, the crisis of last time. And we didn't do anything to fix it. Where do you see so interest we're rates? To fix it ahead much harder and much deeper. I have a listener question for you. Where do you see interest rates headed? Lower for the risk-free treasury bonds rates. I tell people right now, I'm telling people it's about time to load up on 30-year treasury bonds because they lock in a, like about a 2.5% rate now, which seems really low, which it is historically, but it's very high compared to where we just saw last year, which we're going to drop lower, down to zero to half a percent. That bond, one of the safest investments you can have, and the one the government's going to pay off, and the one thing they'll print money of nothing else to pay off, are those bonds. And that could appreciate 40 to 50% in this crisis, while stocks crash 80% and Bitcoin crashes 95%. So the, the risk-free rates go down with deflation and slow economy, but all of the risk rates, corporate bonds and junk bonds, in, in, in comparison to the risk, those risks go up because the default risk skyrockets, just like they did in 2008 or, or, or any recession or depression in history. So most interest rates on bonds are going to go up. The safe place to be 
is in the highest quality government bonds or in triple A corporate only. I don't even want double A. Mm, yeah. So basically, Those go down. Then uh, that would also pose well, I guess, for life insurers that have a high credit quality as well. Yeah. Or, or fixed. Why annuities. do you think the life insurance industry was the only part of the financial services industry that did well in the 1930s? They benefit from falling rates, and their policies require them to invest in high-quality fixed income. Yeah. The very safe haven, and it's not gold is not the safe haven, and Bitcoin is not the safe haven, and people are buying both of those thinking they're going to be the safe haven. These high-quality bonds and this type of stuff insurance companies are forced to buy, that's the safe haven. That's why they're forced to buy them to back insurance policies. They can't, we can't afford to have them speculating in stocks. And then when we need our policy, oops, the market's down 50% and we can't pay your policy. That's why no, they're that's a great. That's a great point, Harry. We'll talk next about income inequality and how keeping rates artificially low is really hurting seniors, retirees, and the middle class. And maybe the solution uh, is to raise interest rates over over time. This is Josh Jelinski, the financial quarterback. Don't touch that dial. Josh Jelinski, the financial quarterback here. In these uncertain financial times, it is imperative that you guard your financial future. If you call within the next three minutes, we will offer our complimentary bear market survival guide, which will detail steps to help your plan to potentially survive the COVID-19 crisis. The bear market survival guide will cover how you might still be able to retire amid a volatile economic climate. We will throw in our complimentary 27-point ultimate game plan for retirement. Call us at 888-988-JOSH, 888-988-5674 for your bear market survival guide call josh jelinski host of the popular financial quarterback radio program 888-988-josh 888-988-josh it's always on your mind retirement whether you're 55 or 35 not everyone wants to work forever and most would like a comfortable retirement you may already have a plan but is it the right one Josh Jelinski, host of the popular Financial Quarterback radio program, is ready to guide you towards financial freedom. He challenges the ways your parents and grandparents saved money with fresh strategies, which are exactly what you need to navigate today's volatile economic climate. Josh's new book, Retirement Reality Check, is available to order on Amazon. It's an easy read that guides you through his system for securing your financial freedom, including tax-saving strategies, understanding the right investment mix, and more. Order now. Retirement Reality Check. Call Josh at 888-988-JOSH. Let Josh help you map out your retirement using fresh strategies. Call 888-988-5674. That's 888-988-5674. We're back. This is Josh Jelinski, the financial quarterback with Harry Dent, best-selling author. And Harry, everybody complains about income inequality, but isn't the real reason for income inequality artificially low rates, which is screwing the middle class? Want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah. Well, there's two things. On my cycles, there, there, there is what I call a fall bubble boom, which happened into the 1929 and is happening here into 2007. Those bubble booms cause financial assets, real estate, and stocks because of falling interest rates, by the way, naturally out of inflationary summer into a fall uh, disinflationary boom, they cause financial assets to outperform. So that causes 
bubbles in financial assets, and that causes income inequality because 88, 88% of financial assets outside of people's home is owned by the top 10%, and the top 1% owns 40% or more. So that is it. Now, when you now on top of that print money to push long-term, not just short-term rates, but most importantly, long-term bonds into negative yields right now, you know, the, the, the 10-year treasury has gone way up. It's a percent over last year. And it's still a negative adjusted for inflation around 2% currently, give or take, okay? Negative yields, that pushes up financial assets. So stocks and real estate are even – they're artificially high now in a weak economy when coming into 2007, they were pretty darn high-valued in a good economy. Now we're in a bad economy that requires endless stimulus. And the stock market, if you looked at just the stock market – you would think we're in an economy twice as good as 1999 or 2007, that the economy is just better than ever, and yet this sick debt economy is requiring $9 trillion in the U.S. alone just to get to next year out of the COVID crisis. Well, yeah. When I stocks see are money. out of whack. And, yes, stocks, high financial assets benefit the top, you know, 1% to 20% way over the everyday person. Most people don't have much money in, in stocks and then the money in real estate is typically in some not so overpriced suburb or smaller city for the average person. So they're not in New York, Manhattan with a great real estate bubble. They're not in tech stocks. How's, are you still, are you still, this is a total aside, but you've talked about Puerto Rico. Uh, you still in Puerto Rico? I am. I am. I tell you, the temp people think it's hotter than Florida. It's less extreme. 69 to 92 is the temperature range here all year around. A little less rain than Florida. Um, I am two and a half hours from Miami direct flight, four hours from New York, five hours from Dallas. That's getting a little long, but if I go to the East Coast, it's easy. I'm saving income taxes. But you know what? <laughs> My biggest surprise <laughs> I built. I, I got to Puerto Rico for buying a property on Calabria, an island, a, 25 years ago. When I finally got a house up, and they finally realized I had a house up there, which took them a long time, I get my property tax bill. It's like $500. It is one-twentieth of my property tax bill as a percent in Florida. One-twentieth. Wow. So I'm paying low income taxes, low property taxes. The only thing I'm paying here is a 10 to 11% sales tax, and I buy half my stuff from Amazon. With no tax. So and, this is, I love it down here. People are nice in the areas I live in, mostly English spoken, lower cost of living. And they don't guys. have this blue red war we're having in the United States. They're not going to be shooting each other when this economy goes down. Well, yeah, I, I want to go to Puerto Rico. That, that would be fun. John Malden's down there. David McKnight, a lot of guests, all these guests. Peter, Peter Schiff. Peter Schiff yeah, as well. I debate all those guys down do here. Do you guys hang out? Do you have like the Economist Club of Puerto Rico? I, I spend the most time. He, he's my nemesis, but I spend the most time with Peter Schiff. My wife knows his wife and stuff. Because uh, we nemesis. debate the most. Peter and I both see a crisis, but he sees an inflationary outcome and I see a deflationary. But So that makes a very attractive Yeah, it's a very debate. different. Peter and I debate a lot. I, I mean, I think when the garbage hits the fan... I don't see an inflationary worldview because then you still have to go to the grocery stores. And it's like in March of 2020, Bitcoin was down to what, like three or four grand because you still have to use cash 
to wait online in Costco if there's a crisis. They're still not taking Bitcoin, but I guess in the future they will take all that stuff. Well, there, there's something more than that, though, Josh. What, another number I throw out, and this is an important number because it was about $300 trillion before we got into the 2008 crash. Derivatives. $525 trillion, six and a half times global GDP of financial assets now in the world. What people don't realize when this bubble burst, about 40 to 50% of that, and that's historically proven, that's what happened in the 29 crash, disappears forever or for a long time. That's taking money, real money in people's brokerage accounts and equity in their real estate out of the economy. And that makes people feel, feel poor. And that causes deflation alone, a slower economy, but particularly when, when, when financial assets contract like in the 30s. See, we had recessions in the 70s, but it only brought inflation down. It was only in the 30s that we actually saw deflation in consumer prices because financial asset prices went down so much and took so much money and stimulus out of the economy. And we were seeing that in 08. That's why they, they injected such a stimulus. We were having deflation. Well, see, they reacted quickly. We were just going into deflation in late 2008. when they. That's why they stepped on the gas so hard. Ben Bernanke was the Fed chairman back then. And one thing Ben Bernanke did was study the Great Depression in great depth. They still never run a business or had sex, but at least he did that. And he knew that if you go into deflation after a boom like this, you're going to be in a depression, not a recession. So that's why they stepped on the gas so hard. And ever since they knew that this thing would be nasty. Okay, so we'll be back after these messages with concluding thoughts. Inflation versus deflation debate up next. This is Josh Jelinski, the financial quarterback. And if you want the 27 point ultimate game plan for retirement. Call us now, 888-988-JOSH, 888-988-JOSH, 888-988-5674. We'll be back after these messages. Hey, meet you out on the first tee? Yeah, I'll be right there, just reading this article. On what? New bill Congress passed. Looks like it's gonna affect the value of all retirement savings plans. My financial guy didn't tell me about this when I saw him the other day. Well, my guy did, and we made a plan. You may have heard of him, Josh Jelinski. Josh Jelinski is your guy? Listen, if you're 10 years or less from retirement... Which I am. Josh will give you a free economic plan, which includes retirement planning, a 27-point checklist to make sure your income lasts as long as you live. He'll even help you navigate the current tax code. I'm definitely going to call Josh. Cool, but first, can we play some golf? Call Josh Jelinski, host of the popular Financial Quarterback Radio Program, for your free economic plan. 888-988-JOSH. 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 Okay, we're back. This is Josh Jelinski, the financial quarterback. And Harry, um, inflation versus deflation, why is, if we have an inflationary bubble, golden stocks would go up. Why is that wrong in your opinion? Okay, bubbles, what I said before, $525 trillion in financial assets in the world, at least two, and I'm, that's conservative, 200, maybe 250 of that is going to disappear, taking money out of the system, out of brokerage accounts and real estate, all that sort of stuff. That is deflationary. On my 80-year, two-generation cycle, which I've mapped out since the early 80s, okay, you have a, an inflationary crisis like the recessionary 70s, a fall bubble boom, like into the roaring 20s and like into 2007, and then you end 
when that bubble deleverages and debt disappears and financial assets disappear, you have a deflationary crisis like the 1930s. So on the, on the cycle of inflation and deflation, boom and bust, which demographics 100, almost 100% drive outside of stimulus, this is what happens. I've been predicting since the early 80s that in 2007, the momentum from baby boom spending would peak. We'd go into a slow period, and it would end up being deflationary. I predicted that way back then, which means it has nothing to do with what's happening now. The only thing happening now is they're keeping this deflation from happening, starting with Ben Bernanke, as I said earlier, because they know that you get the deepest downturns, not in an inflationary crisis like the 70s. That was bad enough, up to 11% unemployment. No, you get 20 25% style employment and, and massive business failures in a deflationary depression. The difference between a depression and a recession is depressions tend to be deflationary and they tend to follow major bubbles in debt and debt bubbles cause financial asset bubbles. And now this financial asset bubbles make even the debt bubble look like nothing. And that guarantees that when this ends, from my study of history, and anybody got better study than I do, I'd love to talk to them, okay? It says you end in deflation. The end game is deflation. I don't care how much money they printed. They just printed more than they did in the entire cycle in one year, and we still have almost no inflation. And we've been printing money nonstop mm. for 12 years and almost no inflation. What does that tell you? The underlying trend is deflation and only high-quality bonds do well and cash in deflation. All other financial assets get reset down to reality. And even on my spending wave model, just neutral, not over undervalued, stocks should be at 12000 a day on the Dow, and they're at 33000 So go figure. Wow. So, Harry Den, thank you for joining us. And uh, tell our listeners where they can read more about your work. HarryDent.com? Yes, yeah, yeah. No, folks, I know I'm controversial and I know I'm getting heated about this, but I'm getting heated because this is getting very imminent, okay? Something's going to happen that nobody's going to see. Best way to get to know us, I have a paid newsletter, okay? But if you don't know me, get on my free weekly newsletter. You get an article from me and my partner, who's also very competent, every week. Get to know us because this is the time to listen to somebody other than your normal economist. So harrydent.com, you can just get on our free newsletter. Thank you, Harry, for joining us. And folks, check out the YouTube. Uh, search for our new YouTube page, The Financial Quarterback. And Harry, we got to get you on the Clubhouse app. And it'll be, uh, it's Monday night. I'm speaking with John Ledger of T-Mobile and Riddick Bowe, former heavyweight boxing star. So we, we'd love to have you on. Uh, we're calling ourselves the power team. We got We got a former rapper, Buckshot, who discovered Eminem, the, the former president of T-Mobile. So, yeah, send, uh, let Cal know. We'd love to have you be interviewed on Clubhouse as well. It's the latest and okay. greatest thing. So, uh, folks, thank you, Ari, for joining us. And, folks, go to retirementrealitycheck.com today. And you get three free gifts when you buy my book, 888-988-JOSH, if you want the 27-point ultimate financial game plan. Harry, always a live wire. Uh, June wrote, wrote an email. Uh, he's giving me palpitations. So, you know, we don't want you to... Wait, wait, he's saying something. What'd you say, Harry? Harry, what'd you say? 
People need to have self-esteem. People need to wake up. This is the greatest financial scam when you really look at it in all of history. And it's not going to end well. So thank you for joining us. And as always, the best preparation is a financial plan that will account for both deflationary scenarios and inflationary scenarios. My warning today, only have in the market what you're comfortable to lose. So give us a call, 888-988-JOSH. Revaluate your long-term plans to make sure you're not um, encouraged by the greed of the moments, particularly people are just greedy now. They're trying to get very late cycle behavior. Now you have non-fungible tokens. We'll talk about that. That's the biggest scam going. NFTs. When we return, this is Josh Jelinski, the financial quarterback. 888-988-JOSH. As with anybody, predictions can be off. Tired of losing money in the stock market roller coaster? Frustrated with the government taxing you into oblivion? Worried about inflation? How do you prepare for so many financial uncertainties? Welcome to the show that will help you develop your game plan. The Financial Quarterback with Josh Jelinski. Josh is a noted financial advisor and president of the Jelinski Advisory Group. And he's here to answer your questions. Call into the show at 800-321-0710. 800-321-0710. Now let's kick off your financial future. Here's Josh Jelinski. Hey, we're back. This is Josh Jelinski. Just want you all to uh, take a breather. Don't have a heart attack. After what Harry said, people can be wrong. Uh, Harry's been wrong before. He can be wrong again, but you got to love him. He's a live wire and he wakes people up on a Saturday morning. And I do think the takeaways are you have to be prepared for uncertainty and risk in a portfolio. We have people thinking Bitcoin is going to go to 200,000, 300,000. Maybe it does, maybe it doesn't. But there are sound financial strategies. Limit your exposure no more than three to 5% in any one security and consider Bitcoin a security. It is a risk. Have enough cash for a year's worth of expenses so that if we do have a crash, I mean, here's my thing. If we do have a crash, I think the government's just they're just going to start adding zeros like it's going to be. I think I, I don't think the next crash will be the mother of all crashes. I think that the one after that might be because you still have people. I mean, you have uh, Congresswoman Tlaib. How do you say her name? Uh, she was saying that we just need to start printing money, adding zeros from the Treasury what these people don't understand. This is what happens when you have a nation of idiots raised without any sense of economics. Here's the thing. If you have more of something, what happens? It makes things less valuable because then people raise their prices. Or So think about it uh, before the crash. Bitcoin was maybe 10,000, now it's 60,000. So because everybody took their stimulus money, or a lot of people, and they bought Bitcoin, they bought Tesla stock. Mind you, Tesla really doesn't make that much money of actual revenue. Mind you that Starlink is not involved in the Tesla stock. Um, so you're buying on the hope of future success, not actual success, not revenue. 
Now it could go up, you know, could Kathy Wood could be right. And, uh, you know, these claims that Tesla stock will be $3,000 and all this stuff. But here's the point. One thing is bubbles last longer than people realize. So they always last a little bit longer than a guy like Harry exactly predicts or Stan. I love them both. Uh, number two, um, bubbles last longer than people think. Number two, you got to be prepared. You, you can't let a bubble divorce you from a sound financial strategy. Number three, don't do stupid stuff like non-fungible tokens. That's all the rage right now. Why are non-fungible tokens the rage? I personally think it's due to the guilt. You have these white, rich, urbanites who have billion-dollar companies now. Now they're just, you know, throwing their money at a, a non-fungible. You, do you even know what a non-fungible token is? Do you know what a non-fungible token is, Ernesto? Can I use it on the Parkway? Well, Google it. Google a guy named Beeple. He created, it is a work of art uh, that went for 66 million, which is a picture of Donald Trump, uh, basically like a deflated and defeated Donald Trump by people. The, 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 the painting went for uh, $66 million. Can you believe that? It's a picture of a giant Donald Trump lying on the floor with slogans written all over his body and people passing by. So this, this piece of art went for $66 million. That's not inflation. I don't know what is. One, NFTs. Two, real estate. Three, now I'm not I don't know whether we'll have mass inflation. I think that's already upon us, by the way. I've, I call, I've called that for months now. I see inflation. Harry sees deflation. If you have inflation, real estate will go up. Stocks will go up because your dollar will be worth less. So I always tell people, if you're scared about both, buy some inflationary assets, buy some deflationary assets. You know, Nobody exactly knows the future. So, although, you know, these cycles guys will always tell you, you know, the, this exact day or, you know, this month. And the truth is, history rhymes. There are indeed cycles. Cycles can be, show us maybe when to get out with some profits, maybe when to prevent a big dip. But you have to have sound financial strategies, diversification. You have to have... Um, some assets heads towards deflation and inflation, but the NFT is a sign of a market top. But I think some of this is you have these tech people, they make, you know, $150 million selling their FinTech company. And then all of a sudden they're guilty. They're guilty that they have this wealth. So they buy assets that are not really assets because they don't want to seem too rich to their friends. Do you think that's a good theory, Ernesto? It's almost like the white guilt phenomenon. I think, uh, you know, American society is marked. We have a whole, you know, the, the political class, the entertainment class. Uh, they do have guilt. Uh, I think it, it goes back to what you were talking about with uh, Professor Taylor from Columbia University. You know, uh, people find value and meaning 
And I think uh, the value and meaning they find is in materialism. And once they have a lot of material, they feel guilty about it. Yeah. So then, yeah, they find that the material wealth is nothing. So let's make an artist now rich. Make this guy Beeple is now a millionaire. Who the heck was he? So Ernesto's a bit of an artist. You need to get into non-fungible tokens and find some rich friends to buy them off of you. That would be my financial tip. That is not a lie. That's, they're, they're really in right now. It's hot. Non-fungible tokens. I would not tell you to invest in that. But, but inflation is already upon us. That would be my disagreement with Harry. There is so much money circulating, so your dollar doesn't buy you the same share of Amazon anymore. It buys you one-tenth of what Amazon should maybe go for, or one-seventh of what a Tesla should go for. So inflation is already here. The question is, does inflation lead to deflation when people are not making a salary in a year or two when the jobs don't come back? And the jobs won't come back, by the way. People will say, you know what? Didn't really need to go out to eat. Do you really need to go out to eat? Maybe you need to go out for some fun, some fellowship. But I think, I'm, I'm telling you with me with six kids, I have very little desire to go to a restaurant ever again. So you know what I think? We had Mr. Wonderful, Kevin O'Leary was on. He predicted the rise of like flash kitchens. So if you... Think about every retail company going under. So think Toys R Us's will be replaced, not by Burlington Coat Factories, although they're kind of replaced by them now, but in the future, a Toys R Us or Brooks Brothers that also went under might be replaced by a Flash Kitchen. And a Flash Kitchen will get you your dinner in nine minutes and you will you know, have an app. So think DoorDash, but much, much fresher. I hate DoorDash. Uh, the food always arrives cold and... You're paying extra for it. But I think with the flash kitchen concept, made to order, boom, 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 zip. So sort of like DoorDash, but fresher. And you'll be able to have healthy food and there'll be these flash kitchens because we will value our time more. So there will be no need to even cook. Right? That'd be cool. Your wife, I hope she's listening to the show. I'm sure she's agreeing with you. Six yeah. kids, she yeah, needs she a flash kitchen. Yeah, I mean, we're <laughs> using the flash kitchens anyway. Uh, but she's an amazing cook, actually, when 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 she uh, has the time, which is, you know, very few. But so, like, delivery will be replaced by flash kitchens. So you won't go out to eat. You'll go to eat in your home. And... I think that'll be the future. I see that with DoorDash rising. Now, there'll still be restaurants. There'll always be the need for a restaurant here or there. But my point is, what happens to the bodega that's replaced by Walmart or Target? You know, now you go to Target, you can get your organic milk. Why do you need to go to a, a market anymore? And then the, the bodega can't afford the minimum wage anymore. So they're going to go under... But Target, Walmart, Costco will thrive. So this is the ultimate displacement. This is the ultimate income inequality. And I wonder if the super rich know that, and that's why they're flouting the universal basic income. That everybody's going to be so poor because the concentration of wealth will occur in such a small hands that they don't want the deflation to come. The deflation will be bad things to them. So they'll just throw money out. 
and they'll consent to a wealth tax merely to just keep their own kingdoms. So I, I sort of think that that might happen. And that would, that would prove Harry Dent wrong because they would try to keep the plates spinning for as long as they can. Now, eventually they'll break. But when will they break? I mean, if, if, if we were commonsensical, they should have broken in 08 or 09, but they didn't. And they should have broken in 2015. They should have broken last year, but they didn't. So uh, what say you? Give us a call, 800-321-0710 if you have a financial question. Do you have any comments on non-fungible tokens? Does anyone really care about non-fungible tokens? Uh, give us a call, 800-321-0710. Go to our YouTube channel, The Financial Quarterback. We got a lot of questions on YouTube. Steve says, good show. Josh Harry was good. Love the enthusiasm. Joanne says, good morning, babysitting the grandbaby. So I missed the first hour. You're probably good that the children didn't hear the first hour. Uh, Joanne, uh, I'm back to hosting the whole show. So we will, uh, Cal, my producer, you got to tell, you got to tell Harry, this is a kid's show. This is rated G. I want all audiences. Got to edit that, that part out. For next time. She went down for the nap. Will the first hour be somewhere later? Yes. The first hour will be on YouTube. So if you go to youtube.com, search for the financial quarterback. We're also doing a Facebook live. We're learning how to do Instagram. We haven't done the Instagram live yet. Uh, It's kind of cool. Monday, I'm speaking with a group with former heavyweight champion Riddick Bowe. And John Ledger of the Magenta T-Mobile company. You know, Tom Clancy, our CCO, called the T-Mobile uh, growth like years ago. And, and this is back when I would co- talk to Tom. And you couldn't understand him because he was on T-Mobile. You ever have friends with T-Mobile? It was horrible. It, was, it sounded like all the static and the rocks. And then all of a sudden they improved. So uh, good for him. It'll be, it'll be cool to be uh, speaking with John Ledger. So folks, give us a call. 888-988-JOSH. You can find me on youtube.com slash the financial quarterback. Well, I don't know if it's, it's facebook.com slash the financial quarterback. If you just go to youtube.com and search for a financial quarterback, I will show up. And then we'll be back with your questions all hour at 800-321-0710. Don't touch that dial. Are you worried about the recent coronavirus crisis and how it may have affected your money? Hi, everybody. I'm Josh Jelinski, the financial quarterback, inviting you to join me for my complimentary six ways to keep calm during turbulent markets webinar. If you schedule and keep your no obligation webinar today at 888-988-JOSH, it's a great thing to do. If you're stuck at home under stay at home orders, call us right now, 888-988-JOSH. If you're bored, there's never been a better time to get a second opinion on your wealth than right now. 
888-988-JOSH, 888-988-5674. And go to my website, retirementrealitycheck.com today and take your free investment profile quiz. And when you buy my book, you're eligible for three free gifts. 888-988-JOSH. Call Josh Jelinski, host of the popular Financial Quarterback Radio Program, 888-988-JOSH. Josh Jelinski, the financial quarterback here. In these uncertain financial times, it is imperative that you guard your financial future. If you call within the next three minutes, we will offer our complimentary bear market survival guide, which will detail steps to help your plan to potentially survive the COVID-19 crisis. The bear market survival guide will cover how you might still be able to retire amid a volatile economic climate. We will throw in our complimentary 27-point ultimate game plan for retirement. Call us at 888-988-JOSH, 888-988-5674 for your bear market survival guide. Call Josh Jelinski, host of the popular financial quarterback radio program, 888-988-JOSH, 888-988-JOSH. We're back. This is Josh Jelinski, the financial quarterback, inviting you to buy my book, retirementrealitycheck.com, and you get three free gifts with your purchase. So go over to retirementrealitycheck.com today or you get the three free gifts when you schedule and keep your no obligation review. So what are the three free gifts? Number one, are you prepared for retirement? Will you have an income that you will not outlive? We will give you the income for life proposal along with our key plays for 2021. Freshly updated for this year. Live from me, Josh Jelinski, the financial quarterback. And you get a 27-point ultimate financial game plan for your wealth in the 27 point. Like, what is that? That is not a boilerplated thing. That is a custom model where you get to see your whole life debt that you want to repay, assets you want to protect, protection strategies. Is a trust right for you? What insurance? Is your insurance properly funded? Is it bad insurance? Is it good insurance? Do you have an emergency fund? Are you in the appropriate tax vehicles to save for long-term, what about Roths? What if you make too much money for Roths? What about individual stocks? What about ETFs? We cover all of that in the 27-point game plan. It is not a boilerplated, it's not a book. It's your money. So we have a secure portal. You go in, we have a great conversation. Could be 15 minutes, could be 45 minutes, could be an hour if we really get along. But give us a call, 888-988-JOSH, see if we're a good fit. 888-988-JOSH. First hour is available, by the way, where all podcasts are. So if you have an Apple, you just go. By the way, I found out we were the number seventh most listened to podcast in iHeart. That's Uh, Number one was Charlemagne the God. I was number seven. So you have to make me number one. I think we should be number one. Tell your friends. Or we'll just become like every other radio show on the weekend, taped and scripted to make the host look smart. That sounds depressing. I just really am. (laughs) Um, You know, most financial shows, Ernesto, are not live. Why? Because the host wants to make himself or herself look smarter than they really are. You know? That's that's really the truth. Because you get these, you know, or they have Harry Dent as a guest and they want to edit out certain parts because they want it to be G-rated. Uh, we didn't. We have the PG-13 rating first hour. So 
We'll try to edit that out for the next, but he is a live wire. I got to get more amped up like Harry. It's all going down. Well, here's the thing. I, I don't like to incite fear in the listeners. Don't think it's a really good way for people to make financial decisions. That's my, I, I do agree that things are very overvalued and our economy is getting very overheated and overheated economies can to be struggling. So next up, we have Joe, who wants to know about dividend-paying stocks. Go ahead, Joe. You're on. How you doing, Josh? Uh, First-time caller. <laughs> uh, just got a quick question. I was hearing your Harry Dent interview, and I have a question and a theory about how something like a dividend growth stock, like a PepsiCo or a Johnson & Johnson, how would it have done in this this time of like 1969 to 1982, where he said no, nothing did well, I think he would have been wrong if you would have just dollar cost average into something like Johnson and Johnson during that period. For, during what period? 69 to 82. Or, yeah, well, I, or, I love or for our listeners. To, to 41. We, we have some brilliant listeners. I would love for our brilliant listeners to do that analysis and we can present it. I, I, I do think, you know, you might have a good point here. Was he talking about the static results of the index rather than dollar cost averaging in a declining market? That That's an interesting point you bring up. Man, our listeners are so smart. Yeah, I do think there are, and this is the point of why I don't like to let fear drive the train. If you have, let's say you're 50% stocks, which are more inflationary, and 50% treasuries, insurance contracts, annuities, whatever, which are more deflationary, you're not really going to go broke in either scenario, and you're going to be have a little bit, you know, riding on one. Now you're not going to make as much gains as you could because your 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 returns will be watered down, but. It, it, it's something where you don't need to be an alarmist. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah. I, I, it makes sense to me. I mean, I, I'm just saying that. But he's that a great guest. He's, you got you to admit, he, he's, he's, he's a live wire for nine on a Sunday. He was throwing back. See, this is the beauty of YouTube now. We see the guests. He was throwing back like four shots of espresso. <laughs> I wanted some of what he had. And, well, I mean, I, I, just, I just think that the... I think he's looking at the the market, the S and P five hundred, and and I think if you're an now I, I'm against I, I'm an individual stock investor, Josh, for twenty yeah. years. Yeah, I like individual so stocks as well. I'm a little bit strange for your regular listeners, but I think that a portfolio of dividend growth stocks outperform the S and P five hundred, and I have proven it over the last twenty years in my own portfolio. So. Well, it depends on which dividend-paying stocks, though. See, the problem yeah, with, exactly. with owning a exactly. select group of stocks is, you know, what happens when GM gives way to a Tesla. Tesla wasn't in the indexes till like a year ago, so you missed out. What happens when a Sears gives way to an Amazon? So that 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 advice doesn't always work, but uh, but I but I definitely think um, you're adding definite value to the conversation. So thank you for that point. I, I like um, a basket of, let's say, 20. We, we have a portfolio where we have about 20 
to 30 individual stocks. And, and I do enjoy doing that for our listener friends who want fee-based fiduciary guidance. So we could help you there. Okay. Well, thank you, Josh. And have a, and continue to have a great day. Wonderful. You too. Next up, we have Lou, the psychological effects of small business losses. Hello, you there? Hello. Hi. Hello. Lou, hello. Yes. Go ahead. Oh, okay. Uh, how are you, Josh? Josh, Josh, you were you were talking before about how the jobs aren't coming back and the bodega owner is being going to be squeezed out by Costco and, and such and such. And my question is this. What psychologically happens to a nation of essentially small business owners They've already been incredibly abused in the last year and a half. Once they get squeezed out and they have to realize that they can no longer support their own families, what happens psychologically to this country? Universal basic income, where Andy oh. Yang and others, they'll give you two grand a month. They'll give you some food stamps. They don't call that food stamps anymore. What do they call it? They call it something else. They'll give you food stamps, 2000 a month, free Netflix subscription, booze. You'll have a stipend, and that's how, uh, that's how it'll be in this country. And a marijuana card. And a marijuana that, that, card. That's not sustainable. Well, you have to know that. They think it will be. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not encouraging this. I'm just saying I'm a realist. Right? Why do you think they're going to do universal basic? Why is it even being talked about? Because they know what's coming. Then the rise of the machines. Have you seen the, the, the robot that's replacing all the minimum wage kids flipping burgers? It's called the Flippy. You just had a fellow on that was talking about how we don't want anarchy in the market. How can we avoid it when we have anarchy in Congress? We have a one-party system now. It's about and yourself. The, the you need to avoid with... anarchy in yourself. See, this has nothing to do with money. This is a spiritual problem that the nation has that conservatives, Republicans, rather than blaming themselves for raising children who did not value morality, um, we have to do some deep soul searching. We have to be evangelists of a free market society. We have to put our faith first instead of the dollar. That's how we'll get this country back. Faith, family, freedom, and financial freedom as well. So too many people, by the way, are depressed and despondent because they think, you know what? The government doesn't give you freedom. You, we earned it as a society. It is a basic right. It, you know, we have the freedom to assemble the freedom of expression, the freedom of religion, the freedom to work. And we let, you know, I, I just don't think complaining. And that's the one thing we're on a talk radio station where, where I guess people love to complain, but we got to look rather than be depressed, find some kid who has no hope and give them hope. Find some young person age 15 to 19 and be that hope for them. I was on a call and, you know, I didn't even know this existed. You know, there, there was somebody on the call who was, I don't know, between 15 and 19 from Baltimore. And she was worried about improving her life. And that if she improved her life and created a business that she would get shot like that because her friends would be jealous. 
we live, you know, what, what happens in Chicago, there's parts of, you know, the inner city, just go and, and minister to people. That's how we'll change the world. Does that make sense? Uh, but not when the, listen, the one party. No, 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 no. Don't blame the party. Here's the thing. The parties are indicative. We had, we had a, a year and a half ago, we had a Republican president who, who oversaw the greatest destruction of small business under his watch of any president. He allowed that to happen. Both parties are to blame, both Dems and Republicans. We are the answer. It's not the government. Government can't save you. You know, that, that's where, and when I say, hey, reach a person, you say, no, no, the, the other guy. No, you, we got to look deep within and try to minister to other people. That's the answer. Don't go around blaming parties. Does that make sense? In English. Because we've had, we've had many things, but uh, we digress. We'll talk more about finances when we return. This is Josh Jelinski, the financial quarterback. Don't touch that dial. It's always on your mind. Retirement. Whether you're 55 or 35, not everyone wants to work forever, and most would like a comfortable retirement. You may already have a plan, but is it the right one? Josh Jelinski, host of the popular Financial Quarterback radio program, is ready to guide you towards financial freedom. He challenges the ways your parents and grandparents saved money with fresh strategies, which are exactly what you need to navigate today's volatile economic climate. Josh's new book, Retirement Reality Check, is available to order on Amazon. It's an easy read that guides you through his system for securing your financial freedom, including tax-saving strategies, understanding the right investment mix, and more. Order now. Retirement Reality Check. Call Josh at 888-988-JOSH. Let Josh help you map out your retirement using fresh strategies. Call 888-988-5674. That's 888-988-5674. Hi, we're live. Next up, we have Angelina. Is gold still a good investment? Go ahead, Angelina. Angelina, go ahead. Okay. Next okay. Up. Yeah. So, um, I'm interested in uh, your opinion regarding in, uh, buying gold or investing in gold, as opposed to keeping funds in a savings account or a checking account, or in you know stocks and, and just bonds. Well, I think having three to five percent of any portfolio in precious metals is a good thing. You could buy gold ETFs, which are low cost, and then you don't have to store the gold in your house, and they could be converted to cash. Within 24 hours, you could also buy, um, and actually moment by moment with ETFs that trade on the exchanges, you could uh, buy gold in your house. Um, but again, if we have deflation, gold's gonna go down. Um, my long-term projections for gold would be about 1600 short-term. Fall within the next, uh, I ultimately think gold could be as high as $3,000 an ounce should we have inflationary scenarios. That being said, if we have deflation, like what Harry's talking about, gold will be a lot less than where it is today. So gold is really a hedge against inflation and against central banking run amok and money printing. So as part of a diversified financial strategy, I think it could be a very good thing. Also, folks, if you want the retirement reality check, and the 27-point ultimate financial game plan, call us now, 888-988-JOSH. Any other questions on that, 
Angelina? Uh, what about the units in, in which if you are going to just uh, invest in it and keep it or hold it, what units would you suggest? Coins or bars or what would be the unit? I like exchange-traded funds that own gold, ETFs. I'm okay if you have the ingots, and I'm okay if you have coins. It's really just a, you know, what if uh, the garbage hits the fan type of strategy. It's not, you know, you really don't want to need it, but it's just, you know, 3 to 5% of one's portfolio as a hedge. I have no problem with it. If you're buying to speculate because some guy on the radio says it'll be 3,000. No, no, that's not what I'm trying to say here. You know, um, I'm just think it's a wise diversification tool because the dollar will be worth less over time. People think, will the dollar be worthless? You see all these stupid commercials. The dollar will be replaced. Now, the dollar's not really going to be replaced. It'll be slowly phased out of relevancy sort of like the british pound the british pound is still around and it was the world's reserve currency of trade for a number of years in fact you could still put money in the british pound sterling it's still a real currency but is it really relevant to the world you know that that's i think what'll happen and, and i actually think before the dollar becomes worth less even more you're going to say to China's going to go to the, that's where I a little bit disagree with, with Harry. I think long-term China is doomed because they are not replicating fast enough. But short-term, I think the next 20 to 50 years, we've got to worry about China because they could cut deals with the whole Southeast Rim. They're flying planes over Taiwan. We could have World War III. you got to be careful of this stuff. And by the way, I wasn't trying to give the last guy a hard time. I was just trying to say, what good is it to complain about political parties when kids need help? And, and what, if you're a person who believes in liberty and small government, you believe in the freedom of the soul and liberation of the mind. And, and before the Soviet Union's hold on Eastern Europe fell, Billy Graham would lead crusades and Pope John Paul would go there because they knew the liberation of the soul would give way to liberation of the mind and heart. And that's the thing, kids are not being taught values of faith. They're not being taught about the liberation of the soul. Think about Passover, Pesach. Hope you all have a blessed Pesach. Think about the resurrection of Jesus. That's what you need to get into. And you know what? Your kids didn't reject conservatism or your grandkids. Most often they, 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 didn't, they weren't taught about the true values or you were hypocritical. So that's where we all have to do soul searching. Um, and by the way, have you ever talked to a millennial or zennial or a Gen Z person? There, many of them are directionless. They are rudderless because they were brought up in an age where they didn't go to church. They didn't go to shul. They didn't have any sense of moral compass. So yes, we can complain about both parties, frankly, you know, have sold us up the river for years. But we are the change that we want to see. So I hope that helps. And having sound financial strategies is certainly a part of that. Being Teaching kids. We have kids that think NFTs are the way to financial success. And or Bitcoin. 
And that's precisely, that's why we had that guy on. People go, well, why did you have Mark Taylor on? Like he had nothing to do with money. He had everything to do with money because he predicted this. Now he's like more of an atheist or agnostic or whatever he was. So it, it's so interesting. It was an interesting article. By the way, if you have not seen the article on Mark Taylor, the it's on YouTube. And it was not watched as much as I think it should be. Uh, Ernesto, you want to tell people where they could find that? It's on YouTube under the Financial Quarterback. It's uh, the last four videos were with Professor Taylor. Um, I listened to them, you know, because I have to edit the videos, and they're great. It's it's we're we're living in a society, as you both argued, where we don't really have an agreeable sense of value and meaning anymore. And I think it goes to your point, um, we're, spir we're spiritually, our society is spiritually illiterate. Uh, I actually recently bought all my friends uh, Bibles this, uh, this last couple of weeks because I, I, you know, I just feel like it, it makes a great gift and it's because we are spiritually illiterate and it, it affects our economy and our society as well. Yeah, because if you believe in a creator who gave you certain uh, non-negotiable rights. It doesn't matter what the government does. So people go, um, what do we do? I'm depressed, Josh. Okay, well, well, don't place your hope in a president. Don't place your hope in a person. Place your hope in God and work as if the results are eternal because they are. And And we have... You know, it was interesting that Mark Taylor and I agreed on like everything except God. It was very weird. Exactly. Um, and I understood like, like he's like, everything is meaningless. Yes. Yeah. When you don't believe in God, everything is meaningless. And, and that the, um, the rise of Bitcoin is because people are losing faith in our institutions. People are losing, um, you know, it's interesting. I don't know. Uh, that was a really interesting discussion. His point of view is I, that that God is the problem. Your our our point of view is that God is the actually the only answer. Well, he believes the solution is the network or something. It was it was very odd, like the collective consciousness. It's a contemporary view of. But that's what we're having now. Everyone um, reminds me of that. Judges verse, uh, you know, each one did right that which was right in their own eyes. Well, then everybody's fighting and you have no social cohesion. So this doesn't make sense, to be honest. I mean, even if you didn't believe in God, it doesn't make sense. You know, it's like, anyway, but it was a fascinating interview. Brilliant guy. He diagnosed what would happen to the world like 20 years ago. Um, he, and he wasn't even trying to be a prophet. It wasn't like, you know, a Harry Dent economic forecast. Love to have him on again, giving economic predictions. He didn't really want to give economic predictions, but I think a guy who's that attuned to what's going on could be fascinating. So folks, it's your time to ask me any financial question you want. 888-988-JOSH. Eight, eight, and are you worried about government spending run amok nine trillion dollars within the last year and counting what is going to happen three things benefits are going to be cut taxes are going to go up and the dollar is going to be worth less you can only solve those things by sound financial strategies 
What is the answer to inflation? Having more money. <laughs> what is the answer to having more money? Saving more, investing more, caring more about your financial future. So call us, 888-988-JOSH, 888-988-JOSH. Harry Dent's book, What to Do When the Bubble Pops, Personal and Business Strategies for the Coming Economic Winter is your free gift when you schedule and keep your no obligation review. We'll be back after these messages. Hey, meet you out on the first tee? Yeah, I'll be right there. Just reading this article. On what? New bill Congress passed. Looks like it's going to affect the value of all retirement savings plans. My financial guy didn't tell me about this when I saw him the other day. Well, my guy did, and we made a plan. You may have heard of him, Josh Jelinski. Josh Jelinski is your guy? Listen, if you're 10 years or less from retirement... Which I am. Josh will give you a free economic plan, which includes retirement planning, a 27-point checklist to make sure your income lasts as long as you live. He'll even help you navigate the current tax code. I'm definitely going to call Josh. Cool, but first, can we play some golf? Call Josh Jelinski, host of the popular Financial Quarterback Radio Program, for your free economic plan. 888-988-JOSH. 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 Are you worried about the recent coronavirus crisis and how it may have affected your money? Hi, everybody. I'm Josh Jelinski, the Financial Quarterback, inviting you to join me for my complimentary six ways to keep calm during turbulent markets webinar. If you schedule and keep your no obligation webinar today at 888-988-JOSH. It's a great thing to do if you're stuck at home under stay-at-home orders. Call us right now, 888-988-JOSH. If you're bored, there's never been a better time to get a second opinion on your wealth than right now. 888-988-JOSH, 888-988-5674. And go to my website, retirementrealitycheck.com today and take your free investment profile quiz. And when you buy my book, you're eligible for three free gifts. 888-988-JOSH. Call Josh Jelinski, host of the popular Financial Quarterback Radio Program. 888-988-JOSH. Okay, DC plans versus DB plans. What am I talking about? Do you know what a DC plan is, Ernesto, or a DB plan? No. Ernesto's kind of our man on the street. I'm, I get I an education for free every Saturday and Sunday, and I appreciate it. So DB stands for Define Benefit Pension Plan. So back in the day, you would work for the man. The man would you'd work for 40 years, and at the end of your 40 years, you would have a pension. By the way... I'm kind of old school. I like that. So I think, you know, it's funny, like all these people saying, oh, we need this and we need this. I think that would be a good thing to go back to, but you would give a tax credit to the business owner. Or so if a business engaged in DB planning, they would have a tax rate of, let's say, 15% or 10% flat tax rather than the proposed corporate tax by Bernie Sanders of a whopping 35%. So that's a good way to slow the economy. So we're going to talk about DB plans, which is defined benefit plans. Few workers are participating in them. The high cost of maintaining those plans has led many employers to terminate the plans and dissuaded many others from setting up new plans in the first place. But there are still many DB plans out there. By the way, we do that for small businesses who love their employees. And it's important to know that they operate very differently from DC plans like 401ks, 403bs, and 457 plans. We're going to talk about the eight differences from Ian Berger on irahelp.com. But first, we're going to go to the phone lines, and we have Matt on a Roth. 
That's right. By the way, there are also idiots on TikTok. Have you heard about this, Matt, who are bashing the Roth? No. No, or, I'm not a TikTok guy. Apparently, I need to be on TikTok. Uh, financial misinformation is... Can you dance? Apparently, you don't need to dance anymore on TikTok. So there's a, uh, there's a fellow that I saw, million followers on TikTok, Ernesto. It's going to be us. We got to do TikTok. Um, million followers just dishing out financial misinformation. Hmm. So maybe we can get a million followers dishing out financial positive information. So Matt, go ahead. But anyway, yeah, this guy is like trashing the Roth IRA. Go ahead, Matt. Yes, sir. Uh, so um, I've owned a, a real estate appraisal company for the last 35 years. Um, and I do have it set up as a subchapter S. So about three years ago, I uh, also dovetailed a W-2, not a business, a W-2 employment opportunity into, you know, my weekly schedule, which is 40 hours a week. The thing is, I don't make a lot of money there, but I do have access to a Roth IRA. And I also have... Um, I have access to a salary reduction plan. So right now I, I think I'm at, you know, my peak years of income. Uh, so my question is, um, I, I chose to go into the salary reduction plan uh, with a small percentage of the, of my W2 income into a Roth. But my question really is, is that the way to go? If I'm at my peak income years, I'm looking at, I'm 61. I'm looking to maybe retire at 67 or so. And is there any advantage of me opening up a SEP IRA or anything to do uh, on the business side on the, oh, w, oh, the, on, the 10, on the 1099 side? Well, 1099 W2, all that stuff. It's a bit um, can be convoluted, but let me tell you this. You definitely need a small business retirement planning Review. What can you look at doing? You could do a Roth 401k, sock away up to $26,000 tax-free for retirement. You pay the tax on your income, but then it grows tax-free and can be pulled out tax-free. You could look at a traditional 401k. You could look at a profit sharing. Profit sharings, solo 401ks, you could sock up to like 63 grand. Are you deferring up to 63 grand or no? No, uh, but I am putting, you know, I, I, I make about 80000 on the W-2 side. So if you're in I'm peak earning years, you can sock away up to sixty three grand per year. On the, on the, if I opened up it on the, if I opened something up on the business side, yeah. on the, on my 1099 subchapter S side. Potential, I mean, yeah, subchapter S, you probably defer all the 80 grand. You do like a pension. Well, now again, the eighty grand is is the is the W two income, a very steady county um, paycheck, and I'm and I'm putting away about thirteen hundred dollars a month. Well, the county you probably have like a four fifty seven or something. That, that's right. That's right. Into. We're going right. to need to. You have a lot of moving pieces, so what we would look at doing is we'd audit your existing plans to see is there a way to get you a maximum tax deferral. Does that make sense? Yes. And and it might be a merger if you do the max in the 457 and then you do something for your work separately. Mm -hmm. 
mm-hmm. like a SEP or a solo 401k. By the way, everybody goes to the SEP. Even JJ, the CPA, I love him, but he went right to the SEP. The, the SEP is one thing you could do, but there are many other retirement plans and like a defined benefit pension plan, you could get a write-off of like up to a hundred grand. Mm, yeah, right. So you may want to look at defined benefit plan. You may want to look at profit sharing. You may want to look at a SEP. You may want to look at a simple, um, the, the max tax deferral can be massive for you. Any other questions on that? No, I, th- I think I'm good. So call us at our office at 888-988-JOSH for our free review, okay? We will get a pension actuary on the line for, our fr- for free, by the way, and they will audit your existing situation and tell you how you may be eligible for greater tax benefits. So call my office now, 888-988-JOSH to review your specific situation because you really, you know, you can't go it alone. Next up, Carol, go ahead. Hi, Carol. Hi. Yeah, what's Josh? up with these delays today? People are waiting to, yes, hello, Carol. Yes, I'm here, can you hear me? Yes. Oh, Altoona, good. go okay. ahead. I have a quick question. I have a thrift savings plan. It's like a 401k. Yes. And I want it switch a percentage and I don't know how much of a percentage I should put into a, a government-backed security instrument. Um, I have about $400,000. Out of that, I don't know what percentage to put into another, to move it over, to, to safeguard it in case the market goes down. <laughs> Do you mean like the G fund? Yes, yes, exactly. Yeah, so we work with a lot of people with the TSP who work for our government right? and we are knowledgeable on the C, the S, the G, the, the lifestyle funds, which generally mm-hmm. we're not a fan of. Um, and we can do a, an appropriate risk tolerance for you. If you're over a certain age also, you may be able to see if a rollover is right for you um, where you could have better options. The, the, the TSP choices are extremely limited. So, like you got like 20 choices, but it's really five and it's a combination of I, C, F, G, and C. C stands for common stock, S small cap, I believe, I income. So you have F foreign, I think. You know, I'm doing this from memory, G government. So basically you have a whole range of options, but it's sort of limiting. It's like, here's here's a here's five funds, pick between the five funds. So when you hit a certain age, even if you still work for the government, you can do what's called an in-service rollover. If you work for a 401k company, if, if you work for a company of a 401k and you're over 50 and a half, see if an in-service is right for you. The TSP also has the in-service available. Now you wanna check the fees of the new institution you're going to go into, what the risks are, what the expenses of the new funds are, but you can get fiduciary help which means you work with an advisor who looks out for your best interest and who gives you more options for your money than just the small G fund, which really isn't earning that much. Okay, Carol, any other questions on that? I just wanted to know what is a safe percentage to move it over to a G fund because I have a little bit of invested in each one you mentioned, <laughs> but the main one is the $400,000. I want to know what it, what the yeah, safe Yeah, but the percentage. G fund earns, you know, 
over the one year, according to TSP.gov, 0.97. So I don't, I don't like what's the point of doing that other than if the market crashes or something and you wanted to hedge. You should only put in the G fund what you don't want to see grow <laughs> and what you don't want to see lose. It's sort of like a very conservative mixture. So call us at 888-988-JOSH. We'd love to hear from you. 888-988-JOSH. We'll be back after these messages. It's always on your mind. Retirement, whether you're 55 or 35. Not everyone wants to work forever, and most would like a comfortable retirement. You may already have a plan, but is it the right one? Josh Jelinski, host of the popular Financial Quarterback radio program, is ready to guide you towards financial freedom. He challenges the ways your parents and grandparents saved money with fresh strategies, which are exactly what you need to navigate today's volatile economic climate. Josh's new book, Retirement Reality Check, is available to order on Amazon. It's an easy read that guides you through his system for securing your financial freedom, including tax-saving strategies, understanding the right investment mix, and more. Order now. Retirement Reality Check. Call Josh at 888-988-JOSH. Let Josh help you map out your retirement using fresh strategies. Call 888-988-5674. That's 888-988-5674. Hi, everybody. This is Josh Jelinski, the financial quarterback, the fastest hour in radio, fastest two hours in radio. Folks, if you missed any, pick up the podcast what are the eight differences between a DC plan and a DB plan? Number one, individual accounts. DC plans have individual accounts which hold employee deferrals, employer contributions, and investment gains and losses. DB plans, except for hypothetical accounts and cash balance plans, don't have an individual account. Number two, how is the benefit determined? The amount of your DC plan is simply the value of your account when you take your funds out. The amount of your DB plan is based on the plan's formula. So a typical formula consists of three multipliers. Number one, a multiplier. Number two, the average highest salary over a certain period. Number three, your years with the company. Uh, for example, DB plan may pay you a monthly payout, uh, which is your annual benefit of 1% times average three years times years of service. Number three, the time of the distribution. Many DC plans allow in-service distributions after 59 and a half or hardship withdrawals. So if you need help, uh, don't leave your 401k with your old employer uh, without getting educated on your many options. Although DB plans can permit in-service payments, most do not. Number four, who contributes? Most DC plans allow you, the employee, to defer or most DB plans do not allow or force the employee it's really an employer. Uh, the onus is on the employer. Number five, the amount of the contribution. Generally, DC plan, you get less of a contribution than the DB plan. Number six, vesting. Employee deferrals to a DC plan are subject to vesting right away. DB plans, there's some type of vesting schedule, typically five years or less. Number seven, investment risk. In a DB plan, the company is responsible for investing the assets or a DC plan, it is you. Number eight, there's a benefit guarantee. The PBGC guarantees pensions, whereas a DC plan, there really is no such guarantee. So if you wanna learn whether a DB plan, pension, potentially greater write-offs is right for your business, or a DC plan, call us at 888-988-JOSH. 
for a no obligation review. Call us now for the income for life proposal. If you want to make sure your income lasts as long as you do, call us for the free review, 888-988-JOSH, 888-988-5674, 888-988-JOSH, 888-988-5674, 888-988-JOSH. 